0: Welcome to another episode of the G-Man Show. I'm the G-Man, Ron Gerard, and you were confirmed, as always, in our first-class cabin on the mothership of social media. In keeping with our in-flight entertainment, we present another installment of Curtain Call, interviews from our vault of classic treasures. Now, today we feature a Hall of Fame catcher and a man who always marched to the beat of his own drum, Ted Simmons. So settle in and enjoy the ride and the conversation with a rare first edition Ted Simmons. First, we offer up some background information from the lineup card. Eight-time all-star Ted Simmons carved out an exceptional 20-year major league career as a switch hitting catcher with the St. Louis Cardinals, Milwaukee Brewers, and Atlanta Braves. In 1975, the Cardinals catcher set a National League single-season mark for most hits by a backstop with 188. And six times with St. Louis, he hit for an average of 300 or better. The Michigan native also caught a pair of no-hitters, one by Bob Gibson in 1971 and the other by Bob Forsch in 1978. His only World Series appearance was in 1982 as a member of the Brewers who, despite his two home runs, lost in seven games to, yeah, the Cardinals. The man called Simba ended his career with 2,472 hits, a batting average of 285, 248 home runs, and 1,389 RBIs. Simmons later became general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates and a scout with a number of teams, and he was elected to the Cardinals Hall of Fame in 2015 and to Cooperstown in 2019.
1: You've been in the game, what, 20 years now. Is this your 20th season? This is my 19th full season, parts of 20, I guess, yeah. Okay, you've had, you know, you've had highs, you've been, you've had lows, you've been in National League, American League. After all the years with the Cardinals, we'll get back to the Cardinals, but all the years with the Cardinals, you were such a popular player. Then you were traded over to Milwaukee. What was that like for you?
2: Well, any time a guy spends a, a long time with uh, one club, as I did in St. Louis, 11 years, and gets traded, it's a little bit like abandonment, um, but it's overstated. Uh, it's like uh, all of a sudden being kicked out of your family. But you come to realize with age that it's not like that at all, and certainly not intended to be that. You just um, recognize the industry uh, from a broader perspective, and you realize that if you intend to play a long time, that's going to happen.
1: When you were when you played in St. Louis, uh, you there are memorable moments. I in seventy was it 1971? Uh, Bob Gibson's no hitter against Pittsburgh was that one of the highlights of your career? Certainly, Gibson's no-hitter had a real impact on me, but at that time, in
2: 1971, I was very young, enamored with the whole spectrum of professional baseball, and certainly with Bob Gibson himself. Um, I mentioned that I was young in that I wasn't uh, accomplished, and more or less participated in it. Um, Bob Forsch later pitched a no-hitter against Philadelphia, I guess four or five years later, maybe six years and uh, felt integral there, and it had more impact on me, because I felt, not only did I participate in that no-hitter, but um,
1: felt like, along with Forshee, pitched it. When you, you you know, you're currently with Atlanta, as we mentioned, you were uh, with uh, Milwaukee, and of course the years with St. Louis, what do you, do you feel, do, you, do you, when you look back on your career, do you feel like a cardinal, though? Is, are those years, uh, do they hold closer to you? Well, certainly, having spent as
2: many years as I did and ori- originally signing with them, um, it's a little bit like the feeling um, Lasorda talks about um, in Los Angeles. You know, you bleed, dodge, you blue, and that sort of stuff. Well, um you tend to think that uh, once a cardinal, you're always a cardinal in that sense. Uh, It's like being born in a town and leaving it. You always feel you're either Pittsburgh or Detroit or New York City, regardless of where you end up. Um, So to some extent, that's true. But I spent uh, two absolutely magnificent years in uh, Milwaukee, 81 and 82. And those two years... um, uh, exceed all else combined because we were in the playoffs twice and then went to the seventh game of the World Series in 1982.
1: Was the World Series, when you finally got there, was it everything you expected? It? Very much. It was uh, the um, pinnacle of, of uh,
2: the industry and why the game is played and why you play every day and you get to the end of a season and you find yourself a champion, and then you find yourself a a playoff champion, and then you find yourself almost a world champion. Um, We lost in 82 in the seventh game, but there are people who've won world championships four straight, five games, still don't know that drama of a seventh game of a world series. And even having lost it, um, I felt... Uh, very special to have participated in one because it's as a boy something you dream of your whole life. Seventh
1: game of the World Series. You uh, you have three hundred seasons, seven of them. Uh, you're always known as a as a great clutch hitter, a, a good solid hitter. Uh, how do you how do you look at yourself as as a as a batter? Well, uh, certainly a consistent one. I think you pointed that out briefly
2: by mentioning you know the fact that I've hit three hundred more, you know, on many occasions, driven a lot of runs, I consider myself a run producer. A lot of doubles have, uh, I guess, a mentionable amount of home runs, but that wasn't my strength. I never considered myself a home run hitter, but I considered myself very consistent. I considered myself for about four years when I did hit homers in St. Louis, um, a feared hitter and certainly a run producer
1: in many you played in Johnny Bench's shadow a lot it seemed it seemed apparent uh, to people that if they all they had to do was look at your record you played in in the man's shadow not taking anything away from him uh did you ever feel slighted in in those years when he was like almost an automatic to go to the uh, all-star game well bench earned everything that that came
2: to him he was a very talented player he was um the most accomplished catcher I had seen mechanically in my life. No one could throw with him. Um, He was big in stature and certainly offensively he was um, uh, feared to say the very least. He had accomplished what he did uh, at the pinnacle. He'd been to playoffs and been successful. He had been to all-star games and hit homers. He had been to World Series and he had won them. And in those years of the big red machine in Cincinnati, Uh, everyone was in Cincinnati's shadow. When you mention bench, you have to go to Morgan, Rose, Perez, uh, Foster. These people um, shed a very uh, bright light throughout all of Major League Baseball. And to say that I was slighted, uh, for all intent and purposes, would, um, in my mind,
1: simply say we all were. When, when you look at Ted Simmons, when you look at the numbers that, that you that you put down, you did it in in almost a, a quiet way it was so you did it you, you you did it with ease. I know you worked hard, but it seemed every year you know you just you were there, you were there, you were there, and, and now, toward the end of your career, people look at at your records and you are on a pace with. Uh, many Hall of Famers, uh, catchers or anybody. I mean, your numbers can speak speak for themselves. Have you given any thought ever to the Hall of Fame? Well, I think it's something that certainly passes my mind from time to time, but it's something I
2: dwell on when people focus upon it themselves. Um, uh, Every two or three or four days, uh, someone asks me this question, uh, is the uh, Hall of Fame something uh, you can achieve or aspire to, to gain. Certainly it's something I think about, but I think that's more something I, I harbor for like my grandkids Uh, when, you know, I'm sitting around 65 years old and got, uh, five, six, seven year old grandchildren that took, look to me and say, "Hey, did you really do all those things? Uh, you know, I said, well, you can check the hall of fame and they'll tell you. Um, But it's not something I think one campaigns for, and it's not something I think one should preoccupy their mind with, because um, those are things that evolve, those are not things that you can create, and if it happens, that'd be the, um, uh, you know, the last cap on what I consider to be a very uh, long and successful career.
1: Is uh, this current season, have you you given thought to uh, retirement? Well, I've thought very much about it. Uh, for those who watch,
2: certainly, Atlanta has not um, done particularly well. They're in a youth transition where they're trying to get young people to the point where they can be successful on a consistent basis at the major league level. That can be very trying and takes some uh, painstaking work on an everyday basis. And that's part of the reason why I'm here and, and still playing. Hopefully, I can help them in in various ways and try to. But uh, retirement is certainly nearing itself and something I think about on a daily basis and um, something I think um, could very well be the case when the season is over.
1: You're, you're known as a leader on the field and, and off. I mean, you're 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 one of the characters of the game, and I mean that with respect. I mean, you're just a guy that keeps people loose. Uh, people respect you. The players respect you. The other teams respect you. Uh, has that always been your role since you began in, in professional baseball, I mean, to take that leadership role and plus uh, be there to keep people loose? Well, I think when I was young,
2: I was... A physical person to the extent that I was aggressive, played every day, played hurt, did what had to be done when it came my turn to do it. So um, early in my career, people, I suppose, uh, attracted themselves to that. But I think leadership is something that uh, develops as knowledge develops. If you uh, run around stark raving crazy, um, you, you'll tend to attract the hysterical Uh, the anarchist, the whatever, and you can take them right off a cliff with you, if you you so choose. But as you mature and you gain knowledge, you tend to uh, lead people with your understanding. And for those who don't understand, your responsibility is to make it clear to them what direction um, is the most wise to go. And um, I think as I've gotten older, Uh, The leadership, at least from my perspective, is something that says, when it's time to get hysterical, get hysterical. But when it's time to show good judgment, uh, you defer to that.
0: The man they called Simba, Ted Simmons. Sounds like a great name for a movie. We're rolling like thunder across the baseball landscape. And next week, the G-Man show will continue to rumble with another voice from our treasure vault. Until then, stay safe. And remember, keep your hands up, your chin down, shoot the jab, and don't make me look for you. Peace.